Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart-lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Hello and welcome to today's Heartlift with Janelle. Heartlifters, go ahead, prepare your heart. Because we are going to be hearing from the beautiful Rachel Ann Rich, author of Your Mountain is Calling, Finding God in Untamed Places. And I'm going to say that again, because I think the title is prophetic, Rachel. Your Mm. mountain is calling, finding God in untamed places with photos by, I'm assuming, your husband or your son or some Tom Ridge. (laughs) That is my husband and my son did contribute a few photos to it. So it's a family affair. (laughs) It's a stunning affair. The photos in and of themselves within the book just invite invite your heart and mind and soul to take a deep breath. So welcome, Rachel. I haven't even welcomed you. I'm so ready to dive in. <laughs> Thank you. Me too. I'm. Uh, this is one of my favorite things to talk about. So this is so fun. Thanks for oh, having good. me. Talk away. We're so ready. <laughs> <laughs> so this word, this word untamed is really what just drew me in because I think that I'm craving, hungering, and thirsting after an untamed faith in a way. Mm -hmm. So I want to know why that word, that adjective, that selection, Mm -hmm. I know was intentional. Mm. Well, I think I, you know, started with a with the idea of um just out of my own life feeling the need to just get out out of the busyness and the clutter and um the hustle and bustle the everyday stresses of life and um and just find places where I could meet with God and mm-hmm. much of the time that's in my in my front yard. <laughs> um, we kind of live out in the country. And um, so I can't see my neighbors. It's just trees, uh, kind of a field oh. and, a tr- and trees in front of us. And, but for many years, we lived in a neighborhood and my backyard was the, was the place. Um, and being Texas dwellers, um, Texans are famous for heading to Colorado to cooler climates in the summertime. And this is what we always did as a family. And um, in my in my own spiritual walk, um, those times that I've been able to get out into the mountains or into wild mm-hmm. places are are places that I have just sought in order to um, just hear from God or gain clarity or just soothe my soul. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, so when I had the opportunity to uh, write a book um, uh, of devotionals with photography, of course, I leaped at the chance because I wanted to be able to give that opportunity to other people, uh, regardless of whether, you know, you're, you might be homebound or in the city, but I wanted it to be an invitation to, um, even mentally and emotionally just kind of escape the bonds of our 
everyday life and and be able to just step into a space where we could meet with a God who inspires awe and wonder. And that's where we meet with him. We sure do. And you've created these into chapter length, which I love, chapter length devotionals. Mm. And let me just read some of the beautiful titles of them, I Mm. should say. But they're really, they really are invitations Mm. for us. Uh, Our theme in this season 10 has been to understand everyday spirituality inviting the practices of stillness, silence, and solitude, the more contemplative practices, which definitely you are inviting us into, coming away, stepping aside, just as Jesus imaged for us, he had to go away, you know, to a secret place, to the mountains, to the riverside, on a boat, he just had to do it, so that he could align himself once again with his business. His true calling, because everybody's business is not our business. But boy, oh boy, (laughs) it really wants to be our business because we now have a third appendage called the phone, right? Mm -hmm. With all of the social media. So you invite us to some uh, untamed places, even spiritually, like awe, Mm. hope. What an untamed place. You write about it brilliantly. (laughs) Stillness. Liminal, which we're going to come back to. Calling. Fire. Awry. A-W-R-Y. I haven't seen that word in a devotional since I read the ones in the late 1800s. I'm so happy. Flow. Examine. Something we're very familiar with here. Failure. Hmm. Reflection, resilience, pathways, abandon, imminence, which I really want to dig into today because we are pre-pre-advent, but I believe by the time this comes out, Rachel, I would really want this to be uh, part of our preparation for mm. the holiday season because it's it really lends itself almost to an Advent devotional. Mm. Shelter, spacious, essentials, reflections, burdens, wonder, healing, familiarity. Ephemeral. Am I saying that right? Ephemeral. 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 Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> what? Okay. <laughs> Ache, pilgrimage, praise, darkness, goodness, grief, free, perspective, grace, accepted, rest, mystery, risk, undaunted. Oh, just, it's just, and then thaw, T H A W. Yes. <laughs> you had to be away in a secret place to come up with these. Mm beautiful invitations. Mm. Do you have a favorite? I just have to ask. Well, you mentioned imminence. Um, I think uh, is probably one of my favorites. And also um, thinking about liminal spaces. Um, Both of those are are really very meaningful to me. Um, So I don't know. It's hard to pick a favorite. That's like trying to you know, pick your favorite child. You can't. I know. <laughs> but I love the two that you chose because they're the two mm-hmm. out of the mm-hmm. four that I have written down only because oh, good. I am working on something that is all about liminal space. Mm-hmm. It's not something that we're taught at all, if any. And so when I saw it, it just went. Ah. Mm-hmm. So why don't we start there with liminal and eminence? Because those two are so 
integrated? And why are they important? What What is liminal space? Why liminal? And what is important about us finding our way to that liminal space? Well, I think, you know, the, the idea of liminality is, is that you're, it, it's a feeling of being suspended between two truths or two places. It is a transitional time. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times we are not prepared or maybe our faith upbringing hasn't prepared us to be in a liminal space. Where, um, depending on how you were brought up in your faith, you right. said that, you know, this is, this is the exact way it's going to be. And you don't maybe question that until something happens in your life that um, throws uh, another truth right into sharp relief against what you have believed and you and you find yourself in a space that you're not prepared for and it's really yeah. uncomfortable and really hard sometimes it's scary mm-hmm. and and very scary what do you let go of so that you can you know hold on to something that's new and uh, so for me just um, I have this picture in in my mind of, of being in a hammock suspended between two trees and um, the breeze gently flowing, um, gently blowing as you rock. And um, someone has described that as being way too gentle for a liminal space. (laughs) It's a lot harder than that. But um, once you, uh, once you look around and realize that now, actually this is part of um, part of every spiritual journey that requires you to become more mature in your faith, you will find yourself in that space of unknowing, not knowing the future, leaving behind maybe some of the um, certainties of the past. Mm -hmm. And when you can lean into it and trust that God is with you in that space, then you can relax into that hammock (laughs) (laughs) and know that you are being held. Yes. And just that feeling of being held um, is so important and so necessary in every in every spiritual journey, wherever God has you, knowing that even though you don't know what the next step is going to be or what the future holds or what things to let go of and when, what things to grab onto, um, yeah. God is with you every step of the way, and he is not surprised or frightened or scared by any of the questions or the anger or the fear or all of the things that we that that we find ourselves dealing with in that space. Um, but he instead invites us into a, a place of unknowing and and really that's where the magic happens. It really does. Mm-hmm. But this picture before we got on, oh, I'm gonna <laughs> for those of you who yes are just listening, you must watch the video because this picture, mm, I mean, I really want it on my wall. Mm. Somebody says Prince, by the way. <laughs> Not yet. Yes, I need to. I need oh, to. Yeah. No. But I know how how painful this is for someone who is in my writing, I talk about a metronome how you can define your life. So is your life at Allegro? Is it 88 beats per minute? But the mm-hmm. the beautiful rhythm is an andante, which is like a 66 mm-hmm. beats per minute. 
And that's where, that's the cadence with which we are really built in our bodies to, to dwell in our bodies at that cadence, not at that allegro, you know, we're going to have times when like that, but I know for me, I would probably be in that hammock for a minute in my current state of where I'm at right now and just start twitching, you know, like, okay, okay. That was good. That was nice. You know, did it. Let's go. Right. So it Mm -hmm. is such a picture to me of that transitioning into the liminal space. You write, God is not contained within Sunday mornings or limited to a time slot called devotions so good that gets checked off before workout or emails. Wow. God doesn't conform to our schedule or even our finite ideas about him. And I think that to me defines liminal so succinctly and in modern day terms. And it's the finiteness that we tend to have learned about God mm-hmm. and been taught about God, even though we're taught he's infinite, our practices are finite. Is that right. a true statement? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, um, and it's scary for people to even um, truly consider the idea that God is bigger than our thoughts about him or what we've been taught about him. Yeah. But it's true, right? It has to be true. Otherwise, what a small God. (laughs) If we think that he can be contained with what we, you know, the box that we, that we put him in. Um, So that's a, you know, that's a liminal space in and of itself to step into. Um, But Mm -hmm. once you do, um, acknowledge that that is true well then it opens up a whole world of spiritual depth and and um and a pathway forward for you yes which is Mm. a pathway section yeah Mm. then you go on i just have to tell you it's just on page 15 i think it is when you write about hope you write you are alive in the dewdrop of unknowing. So liminal space is an invitation into unknowing. Do you have, I think, I think I see you opening the book. Yes. <laughs> Hold it up for us. The cover is so pretty. Oh, I love it so much. Might you honor us by reading liminal first? Oh, it is liminal. Lovely. All right. So for those that are listening, it's a it's a photo of uh, a person in a hammock um, overlooking a beautiful mountain stream. The hammock sways with the gentle motion of your foot as you slowly flex your ankle and release it. Flex, release, flex. It's just enough movement to shift the shadows of tree branches on your face and create intricate patterns on the inside of your closed eyelids. You feel the air on your skin, warm, then cool, warm, then cool, as you drift between sun shafts and shadows. Why don't I hang my hammock up at home in the backyard? Why do I wait until I'm in the mountains to do something so simple? 
yet so relaxing. You know why. Your schedule has no margin for gentle swaying. Life comes toward you at breakneck speed, and there is simply no way you could justify watching shadow branches on your eyelids when there's scarcely time to catch your breath. It's all good. It's all good. It's to be expected. You've got responsibilities, a position you've worked hard for, people who depend on you. Your calendar is filled to the brim, and you're not complaining. It's just that hammocks are for vacations, which are planned and executed for maximum relaxation within the confines of start and finish dates on a calendar. Hammocks are the free afternoon you've scheduled until 4 p.m. Is it getting close to four? Where's my watch? (laughs) Janelle, that's for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The hammock gently rocks. Leaves ruffle overhead. A breeze moves through the branches with a quiet drawl. Stay here a little longer, it seems to implore. It's hard to resist a breeze that flirts with your shirt collar, so you sink deeper into your fabric cocoon. Suspended as you are between two tree pillars with no real idea of the time, it feels like a revelation. It's an opening into a God experience that doesn't fit into neat boxes, one that suggests that the world of the spirit is found in liminal spaces. It's in the margins of life that we discover infinite possibilities, intricate patterns on eyelids and respite from predictability. There is a weightless swaying that feels like a mother's soft embrace, an invitation to rest in the comfort of unknowing. There are whispers from above. The God who formed these mountains is not contained within Sunday mornings or limited to a time slot called devotions that gets checked off before workout and after emails. He does not conform to our schedule or even to our finite ideas about him. His presence, like wind, slips outside the lines, hangs in the air, moves in the pauses. He waits suspended in the openings to sway our moorings and rock our worlds with a still, small voice. Ah, so beautiful. You you give to us Psalm 27, Mm -hmm. verse 8. My heart has heard you say, come and talk Mm -hmm. with me. And Mm -hmm. my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Mm. Wow. What a brilliant invitation, even into the Advent season. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Come and talk with me. Stop the hustle, the bustle. How do we do this? Is this a struggle even in your own life? Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Good to know. Good to know. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I tell you, I think um, I think that there is a there is an this idea that we um, that God shows up at a certain place, or if we do certain things. And uh, for me, I've coming to the realization that God is present in every moment, um, even in our busyness, even in our heavy schedules and responsibilities and the people who need us 
that we are, are really unaware most of the time of, of his presence. So if we just begin to acknowledge that he is with us, then, then our whole life becomes a prayer. Our whole life becomes an experience of being within his presence. And so I, I think that it, when if you find yourself in a busy season of life, as I'm sure many of your of your listeners are there and just wishing, oh, I wish I could get to the mountains to experience this. My encouragement is that yes, those are beautiful mountaintop experiences and and being in a place that inspires awe is absolutely wonderful and transformative. But that's a reminder that that same God who has created these awesome vistas and and experiences is very present in our lives and in our daily schedules. And um, and as we breathe and uh, as we live and move and have our being, right, he is, he is there. Yes, it is a struggle when you are thinking that you've got to get everything done and then go have this, you know, try to create a, a quiet right. time. Right. But uh, when you realize that, that your experience of God is not limited to those times, then um, you can relax into sometimes what your life offers, which is tiny little pieces here and there. <laughs> yeah. And I think you said it all in the fact that it becomes the daily rhythm. Mm. You know, we, we, I have been guilty of the argument for decades now, you know, that I, I have to get I have to get all these things done or I have to, you know, I'm going to disappoint God if I don't use all my gifts, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, fill in the blank of your own life. And I mean, I'm from the East coast. I'm now in the great plains, the Midwest spending time with my new grandbaby. And it's a slower life here. It is Mm -hmm. a much slower life. And I remember when my son came out here to go to college, Sundays were just painstaking. (laughs) (laughs) It was a true Sabbath. And so we're, let's see, 32, 20, it's been a decade, you know, and now I'm here in an Airbnb and I'm acquiescing to a new life rhythm since he lives here. I can see growth in myself is what I'm trying to say, (laughs) you know, that I'm, I'm at rest more inside of myself. So encouraging everyone that it is a process, but take a folding chair out back and sit and just, or sit on the back porch. Like you said, go in the front yard, go in the backyard. That's what you're inviting us into. I think Mm -hmm. in your mountain Mm -hmm. is calling. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I think you're exactly right. And I think, I think that we are, um, we are so used to being busy that we don't realize that, that it's kind of an addiction, it is. We, there's kind of an adrenaline rush. Of what's next? Okay, I got to finish this and get on to that. And um, we measure our lives often by our productivity, and we feel worthy if we've been productive. Or, if, you know, how many times do we sink into a chair and say, "Oh, I was so unproductive today. What a waste!" You know, you beat yes. yourself up. And you're like, "Well, really, who cares?" You know, <laughs> we should have unproductive days. We should have rest. <laughs> built into our days, but we, but we are so accustomed to thinking in this way that, um, that when you are presented with a Sabbath, it's painful. <laughs> it's so hard. painful. It's, <laughs> you know, to, to do nothing, to be bored. You know, these it are is. not skills that we are, that we're good at. 
So, it, you know, we need to be reminded every now and then that it, that it is good to be bored. It's good to have spaces that aren't filled with our phones or news yes. or alerts. And, um, and that can happen, you know, when we make time for it and when we turn off the noise and the clutter and sit on the couch sometimes. Yeah, and I think it begins. I love how you started your work with awe. Mm. Because I that's what I think anyway. It begins with an acceptance in your life and an awareness, intentionality of I want to understand your awe. I want to understand you write about little bluebells and other things of nature. You know, nature is definitely my cathedral with I'm mm. so in sync with Anne of Green Gables. You know, it's like nature is my cathedral. So I'm probably that's why I love what you're doing so much. And we've we've had Gary Thomas on the show who gives us nine different pathways to, you know, understanding God and nature is definitely my pathway and and seems to be uh, high on your list as well. Mm-hmm. And you talk about in awe, you talk about Narnia and the last battle. Mm-hmm. I love the smile on your face because you know exactly what I'm going to say. <laughs> and you say awe is the tent of childhood wonder. Oh my gosh, what a great sentence. <laughs> How long did you spend writing that sentence? <laughs> so good. All is the tent of childhood wonder you once lived in, found comfort in, and then packed away with the rest of your outgrown items. And then you invite from Narnia uh, in the last battle, come further up, come further in. That's the cry of what I am hoping we're hearing (laughs) in this season, in this community. Come further up come further in. What did that say to you? It had to be important because you included it. (laughs) I, I love that. I just love that idea that, that you, when you respond to that invitation, you don't know what that world of Narnia is going to look like or what it's going to be or what's ahead of you. But, um, but we are being called to come further up and come further in and to experience God in ways that are outside the bounds of our um, walls and the, the pages of our, our night, devotionals, our, yeah, our little night. boxes. <clears throat> and, um, and so we have, a, we, we have the opportunity to say yes to that. We have the opportunity to say yes to mystery and unknowing and um and awe and wonder and if that is something that um is missing in your life (laughs) i i encourage everybody to go find a park and sit under a tree and be awed by a tree or by the the um, perfection of wildflowers or as we go into the um Christmas season and and Advent, um, many people can, you know, have snow and frost. Whatever whatever yes. it is that just reminds us that of of things that are not made by human hands, but mm-hmm. who have that who have come from God, who is a creator, an artist, a divine artist who has created a world that that blows your mind. <laughs> and yes. we need to be reminded, and we need to put ourselves into those places to just to to be reminded that. Um, that God is bigger than what we can see or or feel or do. 
So, yeah. uh, so that's have, why I included that invitation in there. Ooh, so good. It's just so, so good. Come further up, come further mm. in, heart lifters. That is our lean in moment for the day. Come further up, come further in. That word further, right? Mm. Ooh, mm. and awe. Awe being the tent of childhood wonder. Makes me want to pitch a tent when I get home <laughs> in my backyard. <laughs> Because I feel like that is, if we don't do that, if we are not intentional in our lives and as mothers and fathers creating that atmosphere within the hallways of our home of awe and wonder and all of these things, I think we're doing a grand disservice to our children personally. And that might be a very strong statement. And now to my little grandchildren, you know, my two that I'm holding and I'm just like, they're so full of awe and wonder. Like they just look up and they're like, you know, he's a week old and he's just looking around. And I'm like, oh, yes, (laughs) I love it. I feel like that is what you're saying to us, that we will miss the imminence. What is imminence? What is that? You linked that with liminal space, and I feel like that's so accurate. Mm. Well, imminence reminds us of, of the word Emmanuel, which is God with us, right? And and it, so imminence is, is kind of from that same root word, but it's that, it's that idea that God is in all things that he is in the trees and the flowers and in us as human beings we have that mago day you know we have the image of god implanted within us um and the world speaks of this god um the world exudes this godness of who he is and um and if we take the time to just um sit with that simple yet so prof- so profound of an idea um it can be just very transformative for um for our own lives we will begin to see the world with new eyes we'll see our fellow human beings with new eyes we when we recognize that god is very present in all of creation well that's you know that's wonder. That's awe. Sometimes wonder. we have to go. We have to go outside in order to get that. I think. I think a lot of times in our church services, if your listeners, are, you know, go to a regular worship service, that's what we try to um, yes. recreate inside with big swells of music and and the words and you know stained glass windows or lighting. You know, we're, we're trying to basically recreate that feeling of awe. And sometimes, you know, you get transported into that place, Mm -hmm. but how much more when we find ourselves in a cathedral of trees that are arched overhead and we can see the blue sky beyond and see the trees gently, you know, Mm -hmm. clapping their hands in praise to Mm -hmm. their creator. And, you know, I've had this experience of being in a, in an Aspen Grove and, and just experiencing the the worship of creation that is uh-huh. you know, all of creation is worshiping God yes. and to be part yes. of that you cannot get that experience in any building <laughs> or no. in any you know in any man-made 
worship experience. You can come pretty close at times, but there is no substitute really for being in the in the create the in creation. As David the psalmist said, you know how no no temple or house can be built that could contain you. <laughs> and we forget and, that sometimes, right? Yeah. We forget that sometimes. Um, so the the idea of eminence, I think, is just is transformative, as you know, when we just open ourselves up to to the wonder of of God being in our every moment, in every cell, every organism that He has put into motion. That that is uh, that is an extension of the of his mystery and his awesomeness. Heartlifters, we're going to stop and take a pause here. Esela, as David wrote in the Psalms, a time for reflection, meditation, thinking. I don't know where you're going to find yourself, particularly during this week of the year. In the states, we're celebrating Thanksgiving. I don't know where you find yourself. You might be in a a home with 50 family and friends. Or like my husband and myself, you might be all alone because we celebrated the holidays in Kansas while I was there. So wherever you find yourself, be all there, be present. And as my beautiful pastor Jim used to say, feast on the faces of those around you. Add a little gratitude, a little thoughtfulness, a little extra kindness. Maybe there's a family member that you are experiencing a heart rift with. Maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year where you make your way to forgiveness. I want to end this beautiful time with Rachel. Oh my goodness. So deep, so thoughtful, so reflective, so inspiring for us to find space, make room in our week, no matter how busy we seem to think we are. Find the time, Heartlifter. Five minutes, 10 minutes, one minute. Find the time, make the room to meet with God. Maybe you just go, Hey, God. I'm here. I love you. Please help me find you along the crowded corridors of my home this week or the crowded grocery stores here in the States. (laughs) I want to close with an offering from Your Mountain is Calling, Rachel's beautiful new devotion. She titles this Essentials. The sky above is a deep azure blue decorated with ever-changing white clouds that seem to revel in the winds aloft. They dance and shapeshift, delighting in their shadows, which move like partners across the valley dance floor. The smell of pine, cottonwoods, and summer grasses is nearly intoxicating in the cool alpine air that swirls along with the dancing clouds. Between the warmth of the sun and the chill of the breeze, you're not quite sure whether to keep your jacket on or strip down to your t-shirt. Layers, the experts say, are the key to staying comfortable when you explore the landscape. As you emerge from the forest into the open meadow, the sun chases off the frolicking clouds, and the choice is suddenly clear. Time 
to remove a layer. You unfasten your day pack and set it down on a rock that's baking like a fresh bun in the sun. Unzip the jacket and stuff it into the pack. Pause and consider. Take the sweater off while you're at it. Peeling off unnecessary layers in the warmth of the sunshine is a reminder of the layers that need peeling in your interior landscape. Where did your joy go? When did your simple faith get buried? Your soul has felt suffocated under the weight of religious wrappings that once seemed helpful. In the busyness of life, you haven't had time to think about the extra coats that have been binding your faith layer by layer until you could barely move. Here in the penetrating warmth of God's love, it suddenly seems so obvious. It's time to strip off the layers until you are free. Unbuckle unzip, lay it down. Experience the dancing shadows on bare skin. Sense God's delight in your unfettered soul. Let go of the layers of your faith that are tangled up in requirements, performance, achievements, and people-pleasing. Bare essentials only. I'm going to repeat that. Let go of the layers of your faith that are tangled up in requirements, performance, achievements, people-pleasing. And now you take a few moments. Let go of the layers of your faith that are tangled up in what? Hmm. And we close with the words of the Nicene Creed as our base layer. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.